Have you ever wanted to learn how to make millions of dollars on Amazon? Or are you interested in knowing how to grow your company by 500% in 12 months? Well, today we've got a special guest on the show that is going to talk all about this, of how he's done both of these before his 28th birthday. Uh, today's featured guest is Connor Gillivan, author of Free Up Your Business, 50 Secrets to Bootstrap Million Dollar Companies. Uh, Connor, have you brought your scriptures? Because I hope you're excited to preach today. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me on the show. <laughs> Absolutely. Welcome to Conversion Marketing Radio, uncovering the secrets of how to convert your dream clients into paying customers. If you're here to learn about maximizing conversions for your business without wasting money on vanity results, consider subscribing to this podcast. And now, here's your host, Ben Wilson. Welcome back, guys, to Conversion Marketing Radio. I'm Ben Wilson, your host. And, uh, you know, I'm super excited, actually. So Connor reached out to me, uh, I think it was like a month ago, maybe a little less than that. And um, I never really heard of him, but all of a sudden I, was, I became intrigued by what he was talking about. So <laughs> uh, he had uh, applied to be a guest on the show, and I was honestly like, I was flabbergasted. Like, wait, hold on. <laughs> like, this guy's legit. Like, I usually get a lot of applicants that, uh, that are starting out, they've got no experience, they might not have uh, much to offer, and I'm really trying to figure out like what's the best content pr to produce. And uh, Connor emailed me, and I was actually like, I, I, I don't know if it was instantly, but I was like, yes, right? Like, I don't even <laughs> think it was like a, a logical reply. I was like, yes, let's make it happen. Um, because here's some of the things that uh, really stuck out to me. First of all, uh, one, reaching out, and two, uh, the amount of work that this kid's done in 27 years on life makes me uh, ashamed of what I've done. So he sold over $25 million on Amazon. Uh, there's a company called FreeUp. He's the CMO of. It's uh, with three E's. Uh, so if you're checking it out, because you're going to want to check it out by the end of this, he's helped grow over 500% in the past year. And what FreeUp is is a marketplace connecting top freelance talents in e-commerce and digital marketing uh, with businesses. Uh, we're going to get right into that because I'm. I this is like where I've been studying uh, for the last two and a half months of how to do this myself. What he does is he specializes in outsourcing, in e-commerce, interviewing and managing groups to remote freelancers. Uh, and one of the things that I really admire about what he's already done, and I'm excited to get to know him a little more, is uh, the the qualities that I'm I'm recognizing is that he's great on execution. I checked out his website, looked at his blog, and. Uh, He's just producing like so much. Like he's got a blog. He's got uh, free up looks amazing, uh, and then everything else that's that's coming with it. I mean, he's an author, and then there's another part that actually holds dear to my heart. He's been to South Africa for two summers. That's where I'm from, guys. So, Connor, fill us in on on uh, on some of the gaps that I might have missed, and uh, give us a little glimpse of your personal life. Yeah, of course. Thanks for the the amazing introduction. Um, I'm I'm happy to dive into all of it. Uh, it's definitely been a, an experience and a journey so far. But um, but yeah, to to kind of fill you in, I I've been an entrepreneur for for most of my life. Even as a young kid, I I caught the bug. Uh, my first job was working for a cousin who was an entrepreneur. So it was always interesting to me. I always wanted to carve my own path. And in college, my my first experience was meeting my business partner that I actually continue to work with today. And he was starting to sell textbooks on Amazon. This was about 2009 as the Amazon marketplace was really starting to blow up. And they were introducing Amazon Prime, which is just a hit now. And, you know, they were introducing two-day and three-day shipping. So we got into the marketplace at an awesome time. And for about four years, we, we built up that business. And we stopped selling textbooks and started selling 
baby products and toys and home goods and outdoor goods and really anything you could imagine buying from Amazon. So that, that was kind of the, the first entrepreneurial journey there was the dive into Amazon and how they eventually took over the world. <laughs> yeah, that was an amazing time. Absolutely. And, and from there, we, we learned a lot, right? We were, I was 20, 21, 22, 23 while we were building this business. Uh, we were still going to classes. We were learning a lot on the fly, failing a lot. And one thing that we eventually had to get into was hiring. So our, our first hires were our college friends. And then after the business grew up and graduated from college, we started hiring part-time and full-time employees in, in an office and we were eventually introduced to this whole world of outsourcing, actually from a, another entrepreneur that we met. And we started hiring freelancers from the Philippines and from India and from Pakistan. And we started working with them through sites like uh, what is today Upwork and Fiverr and Freelancer. And you know, it was just a, a whole new world for us that took a couple of years to really understand. We hired a lot of people, we fired a lot of people. Um, and, and a lot of the frustrations from that experience really took us into wanting to start free up and, and building a, a better marketplace where the freelancers are pre-vetted and it's very easy for a business owner to hire a, a reliable freelancer from anywhere in the world. Man, this, uh, this interview could not have come at a better time. I've literally been stacking <laughs> interviews with uh, looking for some good VAs and nice. uh, it is time consuming. I mean, it's what I did all of yesterday. I had eight appointments yesterday, eight video interviews of people that have had already gone through and, uh, and checked out their resumes. Mm -hmm. And I mean, eight in a single day, I've got another like four <laughs> today. And so yep. uh, what you're doing is actually ex extremely useful because it's a part of business that everyone needs. Mm -hmm. So yeah, com completely agree. And we were doing the same thing. That was, that was one of our biggest frustrations. We eventually got to a point where me and my business owner realized that we were spending more time in appointments and interviews with potential hires than we were actually trying to grow the business. So it was, it was like a, a big aha moment where we were like, whoa, what are, what are we doing with our time? How can we, how can we figure this out and, and stop using all this time on this? Man, that was my day yesterday. I got home and I was like, gosh, that didn't, you know, I've still got all the other things I've got to be doing, except for here I am spending, I spent an entire day. That's a lot of time if you think about it in like in a small business's life. You can do a lot in a day. Oh yeah, a lot. <laughs> so Connor, take me through this. Um, let's talk a little bit about your expertise and, and break it down for us. Like give us something that we probably don't know um, mm -hmm. about your area of expertise. Okay, that's a, that's a good question. Um, sure, so when you're, when you're getting into outsourcing, I personally think it, it can be daunting for some people, the, the whole idea of hiring someone uh, halfway across the world or even someone that's still in the U.S. or whatever country you're living in, but it isn't sitting next to you where you can create that relationship with them. Uh, I, think that's, I think that's a daunting situation that a lot of entrepreneurs have to tackle at first. But m my advice to people when you're first getting into it, and I think this is a, the way that we got into it eventually, was to really start slow and to be very precise with your interview process and, and how you're looking for the right person. And the three key things that we look for when we're hiring remote talent is first, their skills, second, their attitude, and third, their communication. 
And I can kind of define each so you can see, you know, why they're so important with these types of remote relationships. Your skills is a, a pretty obvious one. Even if you're hiring someone in-house, you want them to have the experience. You want them to have the know-how and the knowledge of how to complete the task you're looking to take off your plate. Uh, the second one is your attitude. So us personally, we're very passionate about company culture and having values that we live by and how we grow our business. So we ask a lot of questions about, you know, how passionate about this task are you? Um, how passionate about freelancing are you? Is this something that you could see doing over the long run? And, and really just trying to figure out if their values align with what we're doing. And then third, and which I think is the most important, is communication. Uh, from our experience, the worst experiences we had was with people that just couldn't communicate. The, you know, in the worst case scenario, they just disappear and you, don't, you never communicate with them. But then in, in the middle, there's even points where, sure, they may give some updates or they may communicate on a, uh, you know, on a, a rare basis, but you really want to find those people that value it at a high level, have done it with people in the past, and, and are really going to bring that, that high level of communication to your relationship as well. So I think that's some advice in, in terms of what to look for when you're hiring remotely. And then just to take it a, a quick step further... Uh, it's really then up to you as a business owner, once you think you've found someone that's a good fit for your company, to set very clear expectations on those three areas as well. So I personally, when I hire someone, I let them know I, I want updates when they start work and then when they end work each day. Um, I want to have weekly meetings with them. We have an all-hands meeting with all of our VAs every week where we keep them up to dates with things and we make sure that they're pushing forward. So while it's while it's uh, important to find someone that's a good fit, it's also up to you as the manager or the business owner to, to make sure that you're setting those expectations so that it's it's a good relationship over the long run. We'll be right back to this interview with Connor Gillivan. Hey guys, hope you're enjoying the show so far. If you've been a listener since the beginning, uh, you know that what I've been trying to do is to share as much intellect and knowledge as possible. But I'm not always experienced in every area. So one of the things that I've been trying to transform this podcast into is where I can interview people who are those experts, who have the experience knowledgeable, and can be able to pass it along to you. Sometimes it's also important to meet up with these people for your own business and have them coach you along because you don't have the time nor the skill set yourself to accomplish of where your business should go. If you know someone or you yourself are someone like this that wants to be on the show and has a message that can be beneficial for the listeners, I'd love to have you on. Go over to conversionmarketingradio.com forward slash interview. Fill out a few of the details, and let's find a time to get you on the show and spreading your experience and your knowledge with the rest of the listeners here. Look forward to it, guys. And now back to my interview with Connor Gillivan. I love what you've, you've talked about. Like You've broken it down into three, three areas of, of, why, of, of how to make this work. Um, man, it's like you're giving me free coaching advice. This is amazing. Um, <laughs> And I, I, I completely see exactly what you're talking about. That communication is so key and vital uh, to any relationship. Like you talked uh, before the, the interview that you, you've got a girlfriend. And mm-hmm. I definitely know uh, I'm married myself. If I don't talk to my spouse, like <laughs> am I really expecting the relationship to go somewhere? Am I expecting uh, like a give and take as Adam Grant talks about? Uh, it's not really going to happen. So expecting your freelancer to do some work, if you're not communicating with them, uh, why would they reach out to you? You know, it's like uh, they want that same relationship just as much as any other human being. That makes a lot of sense. Um, Connor, you've, you've had a lot of successes um, and you're a year younger than me. So I'm already upset by that. 
<laughs> just kidding. Um, but let's go through a couple of these things. So on your blog, you've talked that you, uh, you started a company called Portlight when you were 20. Uh, what exactly was Portlight? Is that the Amazon business? Yep. Yeah. So Portlight was the, the Amazon business and we were working with suppliers and brands around the United States and we were working with them through dropship relationships. So they actually would make their products and just give us the ability or give us the authorization to sell their products through Amazon. And then as we received orders, we would relay them to the manufacturer and they would ship the product out to the customer. Um, so that was the whole business model that Portlight was built around. And we really just scaled it by building out a strong team, adding more suppliers, and eventually building some software that made it easier for us to manage all of those products on a day-to-day -day basis. Oh, that makes perfect sense. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. You started that when you were 20, is that right? Yeah, when, when, yeah, me and my business partner were in school together, and, and that's when we started it there. Man, that is that is admirable. That's really exciting. Um, now, as much as I love talking about the good, I also love bringing it back to reality of, of what it's like to build a business. Uh, mm -hmm. We're being an entrepreneur or, or being in the marketing world and taking the, the bad with the good. I'd love to hear what you would consider to be uh, the worst or hardest moment to date in your entrepreneurial life. Yeah, great question. Um, I've got a couple that pop into mind. I'll, I'll share one that we can go into the, the second if you'd like as well. Absolutely. Uh, so the first one was, it was a, it was almost like a big proof point for us when we were building the, when we were building Portlight, the first business, we, we had seen some success with a couple of suppliers. Um, but it, but one of the relationships didn't up ended up working out and we lost that supplier and that supplier was giving us a lot of our revenue for the business. So we were stuck in a situation where we lost this big supplier our revenue was probably cut in half, if not more. We had some people on our team that we had already hired. We had some overhead of running the business and keeping the operations and the growth going. And we were really stuck in a situation where we had to look at each other. We had to look at the business. We had to look at the industry and understand if there was a way forward, if it was worth our time. Uh, this was also a, a period of our life where we were just graduating college. So we were receiving pressure from just society to go into a regular job that's more secure and more stable. Uh, so we were in this very unique situation. And it was at that point where we then had to, we then had to figure out a way to build trust with more suppliers. So go out, reach out and contact um, larger brands, different brands within different industries and different product categories and, and build trust with them to the point where they would eventually work with us. Um, and that, was a, that took a long time. It took about a year for us to really build up a core set of suppliers that uh, allowed us to sell their products and that we were able to sell well. And I mean, it was a huge turning point for the business. So I personally am someone that looks at the, the worst parts of my entrepreneurial journey and always try to turn them into a positive. Uh, it's, it's something you have to learn from. It's, it's something you weren't looking at when, when you got hit by that, that hardship. Uh, and you have to take it and then and turn it into something positive. So that that was one of those situations. It was it was a couple months where it was a lot of going back and forth. Is this the right thing to do? Should I even be running this business? Um, it, it was definitely a tough time to be the the business owner. Man, I can't relate to that more. It is uh, even even in the highs, you're still wondering, mm -hmm. is this the business that I should be in? Let alone the lows, you know. <laughs> so true. <laughs> It's uh, it seems like you know you look at some of these 
these guys out there and you're just wondering like they look so confident they look like they they know what they're talking about they they look like they've been dreaming of the day to own that business since the day they came out of the womb um but what's crazy is that it seems like everyone still has those doubts right regardless of how well your business is, is is doing you know and and it always feels like there's something more, regardless of what you've done in the past, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think there's there's always more you can do, and then there's always uh, we, me and my business partner. We always look at the risks. There's always risks with a business, and I mean, you you can mitigate them as much as possible, but uh, there's always certain external factors that could happen. And yeah, even when you're you're flying high, you're still worrying about those and, and trying to get rid of them. <laughs> you know, I, it's it's crazy. So I I went and took a tour of Stanford. Uh, for an MBA tour, and um, they had Sal Khan there, and uh, he's the guy that created Khan Academy, mm-hmm. and it, the whole thing was like a case study about Khan Academy, and one of the things that really struck me was as much as Khan Academy is, was doing amazing things, they'd gotten all these grants, like millions and millions of dollars, right? These guys weren't taking much out of the business, and I mean, if you know a little bit about Sal Khan, he, he had quit his consulting job like a financial hedge firm. I mean, the guy was making a lot more money than what he did uh, sure. to go and basically run like a nonprofit uh, on like a hope and a prayer. That was mm-hmm. basically it. Um, and then it was also talking about the success. Like what was the major success behind it? And a lot of it was timing and mm. luck. <laughs> and luck with the timing, uh, with all the hard work that came into it is what made Khan Academy explode the way that it did. I mean, it's in every school. They're really like they could be creating their own schools uh, right. shortly because of the way that they're transforming education. Um, mm. And you've got a lot of good timing yourself. Uh, you you started in Amazon before Amazon was a thing. And mm-hmm. um, the the thing that I've always taught is if people are teaching about it, it's too late to go learn it yourself to then teach about it mm. because it's already come and gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One of the, my biggest reasons why I was saying that was the Amazon. It, so, it seemed like everyone... Uh, who had had success with Amazon years later came out and started teaching courses about Amazon. But <laughs> yep. I want to know, do you feel like that's, that's true? Like uh, in your business right now with FreeUp, mm-hmm. um, I know there's a couple of competitors out there uh, talking about freelance work and outsourcing. It's a big buzz. And, and man, you've got your foot in the right place at the right time because uh, you've already got, what, 4,000 companies that are using FreeUp. Is that right? Yeah, around, I think we just surpassed 5,000 recently. So yeah, around there. So how are you... I got to ask, how are you seeing uh, the opportunity before uh, the wave comes? Yeah, it's a great question. So I myself, am, uh, I love learning. So I'm, I'm always reading. I'm always listening to podcasts. I'm always following top entrepreneurial influencers and under, trying to understand different industries and business models. So, you know, I, I can't say that I have a, a magic crystal ball where, you know, I saw Amazon was going to blow up or... Um, I saw that freelancing was going to be growing at the the rapid rates that it is today, not only in the U.S. but around the world. Um, but I do tend to 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 like to build businesses around younger industries where there is a lot of growth going on, um, and a lot of people are entering it and learning about it. Because I myself, I see those as kind of hotbeds for opportunities to do something just slightly different than the industry leader. And be able to to gain a, a good amount of people that will like what you're doing and and kind of see your value over what someone else is doing. Whereas if you go into a, a very crowded industry where uh, there's kind of a business model that's already been established and it, it, it can work, you can still build a business there, but it might not have the 
the growth potential that it that it could if it was in a newer industry where not as many people know about it or it's just becoming more of mainstream. Man, that is that is awesome. I love that. So, um, with with all that said, I mean, you, these ideas that you've got, they're it seems like they're so spot on. Like I'm just looking at at your timing of things, and it's like. I'm kind of upset that you don't have a magic crystal ball because that would explain a lot, you know. Um, but but share with us like what was this aha moment in your story? Like what was these these times that you're like, you know what, this is what we're gonna do, or or, or maybe this is who I'm gonna be. Yeah, good questions. Um, so for the first business, it was it was very much seen that we could run a pretty much a full time business out of our college dorm room without really having any overhead, any infrastructure. We just had our computers, we had some books that we could buy from students, and we had this this place that we could list the books and they were sold within a day and you know, sometimes even faster. So I think I think that with the first Amazon business, it was just seeing the power of Amazon and how it was really taking over online shopping. Um, I mean, as we kept going, we just kept listing more products and we just kept selling more. So that was a big aha moment, just just seeing that I could create income from my dorm room uh, and, and not have to depend on someone else for that. So that, that was kind of the main purpose with the first business. The The second business, the aha moment came, it, it was almost two years after we were outsourcing and hiring people through these other sites. And we started talking to other entrepreneurs and started networking within the e-commerce world and we were noticing that a lot of other business owners were having the same frustrations as we were with hiring freelancers, whether, again, whether in the U.S. or outside. And it was at that point that we, we sat down one day and we started to map out this potential business that could help these types of business owners. Um, and so the first six months was was a lot of that. We were, we were offering consulting services. We had a, a course that was teaching people about how to hire and how to sell on Amazon. Um, and after those six months, it, it became very clear that, that people were interested in what we were doing and that we should really put some power behind it. So it kind of comes back to one of our, our biggest beliefs is, is just being, being always testing things. So if you have an idea, test it out, measure the results, and move forward if it's working out well. If it doesn't, pull back, change it slightly, keep going forward. So we're very much of a, a trial and error pursuit of anything we do. I love that. <laughs> I, I podcasted recently about um, the changes you make in your business that make the difference are not the big ones, but the little ones that you continually are changing, the, the ones that are daily, uh, you know, the, the different split tests and making sure that the variable you're changing uh, is uh, has been proven to be the variable uh, that you should be changing. So it's not like hundreds of variables that make the big change. It's these little changes and tests uh, that really hone in on. Uh, I was talking about campaigns, but I mean, it's in business as well. It's the little mm -hmm. tests, um, but they have to happen consistently and daily. Yeah, completely agree with you. And I mean, we're very just, I think a, a good attitude to have as an entrepreneur is just being open to failure too. I mean, Probably one out of five tests that you you do in any area of your business isn't going to be a home run. But if one out of twenty five is something that just is a consistent, you know, revenue generator for you over time, you, you're going to be happy you did those twenty five tests, right? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, now I got to ask you this question. It's a little more about you. Cool. Um, 
you said you lived in South Africa for, or you, you worked, you lived and worked in South Africa, uh, building social businesses. Which part of South Africa did you go to? Yeah, so I was in Mpumalanga, the northernmost province, and I was just outside of um, I was just outside of Kruger, like the middle of Kruger National Park, and a couple small uh, communities out there. Oh, that's fantastic! I grew up in Durban. Well, okay, I say nice. grow up, but I, I mean I was born there, lived there till I was nine, and then we moved to the states. So I don't have an accent. This is why I don't. <laughs> it's, been, it's been like nineteen years. Right. Um, but what took you there initially? Sure. So um, I've always been someone that loves traveling. And I, I, when I was in college, I was always looking for opportunities to do it. And I've, al- I've also always been interested in cultures and just how people function and how they live. Um, and one day I received an email from the business school mentioning this opportunity. And I think the headline was something like travel to South Africa and that made me click it. I looked into it, and I saw that there was this program that takes college students to South Africa, and at the time, they're also going to Kenya, I believe. And you go on a 12-week program, you live with someone in their house there, and then you work with the community to build social businesses that not only benefit that individual who's running the business, but also benefits the community in some way. And I mean, I applied, I went through the process, I fundraised some money to, to actually go on the trip. And uh, yeah, that was how I got into that, that first situation. Man, that is fantastic. So what were your thoughts of South Africa? I loved it. I mean, amazing culture. Uh, the people there are super friendly. Um, I mean, the, the recent history of apartheid and everything is just super interesting and how it's shaped the country into what it is today. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I had an amazing time. It, Living in a, a different country and a different culture and understanding how people live outside of the U.S. really opened my, my eyes to you know, what life could be and that it's not just everything that the American society claims it should be. Oh, man. that's Well, I appreciate it. Thank you. I'm just yeah. kidding. <laughs> um, so moving into this, uh, this next area is um, I, I like going through like the good, the bad, and then the opinionated. So there's no there's no right or wrong here, but just um, okay. kind of like some more rapid fire questions. Okay, um, let's do it. What's the best advice you've ever received? Man. Okay, best thing, first thing that popped into my head was from a mentor that I had while I was living in Orlando, and we we had tried something out with with Portlight, the the Amazon business, and it had been about two to three months that. Um, we had, we'd put a good amount of investment into it and we weren't seeing our return yet. And I remember taking a walk with him and, and he, he told me, you know, once, once you reach a, a three month mark with anything new that you've started out, you really need to take a serious look at what you're doing and figure out if it's going to be something that you should continue to invest your time and money into. And so that's a, that's a, that's a benchmark that I use now very often with, with running this business and, and looking to get into other ventures um, at that three-month marker, sometimes even before, I, I really take a serious look and, and see if it's going to be something that could be long-term. Boy, that's probably the best advice I've ever heard. Uh, <laughs> uh, what's a personal habit that contributes to your success? Sure. Um, I'm, a, I'm an avid planner. I plan my day down to the half hour every single day for about 12 to 14 hours. And then I, I love working out. I love running. I love hiking. I love like sweating it all out after a long day of work. I think those those two things keep me organized and then also keep me sane. That's admirable. That's awesome. 
Um, now here's a here's a good one. What's uh, a go-to internet tool that you just couldn't live without? Uh, yeah, Skype. I use Skype for <laughs> absolutely everything. We're talking on Skype right now. Um, we we run our business with Skype. I mean, I I definitely couldn't live without Skype. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, what book would you recommend that changed the way that you run your life or your business? Um, sure. So it's a it's a pretty common one, but I mean, it had a very very significant difference on the way that I kind of view things. Um, so the the book is Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, um, and and by the title, you may think it's just all about making money, but uh, Napoleon Hill is is an entrepreneur, and in this book, he he had studied the lives of the wealthiest and quote unquote most successful entrepreneurs and business people for about a 25 year span. I think it was between like 1925 and 1950 or even later. And then he took all of his learnings and put it into this book. So it, it really breaks down a, a lot of different aspects of business and life and entrepreneurship. And um, it, it really just changed my, my way that I, I think about a lot of things. So I definitely recommend that to anyone who hasn't read it yet. I, I agree with that. It is, it's less of a uh, narrative and more of a workbook. It was yeah. actually very surprising. I mean, he tells you to, he's like, if you're not going to do it, just stop reading. You're like, right. oh, okay. <laughs> well, uh, I guess I could read and not get anything from this, or I can actually go and uh, say what he's saying. Yeah, agreed. And it's honestly, it's a book I didn't even finish. I, I He said in the beginning, like what you said, um, d people, different people will find what they need out of this book at certain points. I think I only read half the book because I, I read something that just like changed the way I was thinking and I was like, okay, that's, that's good. I'll come back to this later, but that was enough for now. <laughs> yeah. There's a, it, it's like a life mastery workbook for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, what are you most excited about as of now? Like what are you looking forward to? Yeah. Um, I am pumped for this year with free up. I, I am super excited about how fast we've been growing, um, and I, I honestly love that this business is helping freelancers build their own business and then helping business owners find reliable people that can help them grow theirs. It's just so different than the first Amazon business where we were pretty much just pushing product and, and, and you know trying to keep that operation as organized as possible. This one has much more of a human element to it. And I just love being able to hear those stories of people that we've been able to impact with what we're doing. Man, that's, that is awesome. Um, with that said, what's the best way to connect with you and to like learn more or hear more from you? Yeah, of course. So if anyone that's listening is interested in hiring freelancers or even just chit-chatting with me about outsourcing, you can go to freeup.com. It's F-R-E-E-E-U-P.com. And there's a, a schedule a call button. You can schedule a call personally with me or my business partner. And then if you want to reach out to me through email, it's just connor at freeup.com. So I'd, I'd love to meet anyone that's listening to this podcast. Oh, that's fantastic. Take them up, guys. I mean, this has been a, a real pleasure uh, just learning more from you, Connor, and uh, looking into everything that you've done and, and uh, what you're talking about, what's coming next. I mean, Man, I'm excited to, to just follow you along and, and to see what's next uh, on your on your path and how how free up is. Uh, honestly, it looks like it's it's really going to shape the way that business is. It's not just any freelancers. You guys are vetting freelancers, uh, which is the hardest part, right? It's like um, I had eight interviews yesterday, and all eight of them are what I would consider good candidates. And I had to go home last night and figure out 
okay, exactly what am I looking for? Because all eight of these people are pretty dang talented, but they all have an additional skill uh, that could be useful. But what what exactly am I looking for now? Um, I also don't know if they're just all are are liars or I'm just (laughs) taking people at their word for what they're saying. So it's hard to vet them, you know? Yeah, no, totally understand. It's a, I mean, it's a process. It took us years to learn, so I, I completely understand it. Oh, man, I'm, I'm going to have to pick your brain even more after this. Um, mm-hmm. So with all that, Connor, what's your final words of advice that you want to leave uh, with those listening today? Yeah, sure. It, it just it kind of popped into my head as, as you were sharing your story there. I think one, one piece of advice when it comes to hiring, whether it's whether you're hiring a freelancer or hiring an employee, is to know what you want as a business owner and be very specific. I've seen the most success hiring people when I I have a very specific purpose for them. You know, your goal is going to be to make me relationships through Facebook groups. And I find someone that has that skill set, has done that in the past and who can really take that to the highest level possible. So I think that's my advice. If anyone who's listening is kind of lost on who to hire first or where to even get started, be as specific as possible and don't worry about how many hours you're hiring them for. If it only takes an hour to take that off your plate, do it, see if it works. And if it does, then then try to take it to the next level. Man, that's amazing. Thank you so much again for your time today. It has been Want more? Pick up a free copy of Connor Gilligan's book, Free Up Your Business, 50 Secrets to Bootstrapping a Million Dollar Company at conversionmarketingradio.com forward slash free.